Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I want you to turn with me in your Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 1. Today, we are ending our summer series, the Pursue series on the life of David. Uh, We couldn't cover his whole life, but today we're actually ending at a very significant time, not only in his life, very pivotal time in David's life, and also in the history of Israel up until this point. And um, we're going to come to a point in the life of David that we actually see the fruit of being a God seeker. The Bible says this whole series has been about pursuing God. What made David a special man of God was that God said, now this man, this David, he was a man after my own heart. In other words, David was a God seeker. In all of his life, in all of his ways, David was continually going after the Lord. And today's message is a little bit of a I could say it's a little bit of a recap uh, message because today we see the resolution of things how many know moments come when God brings resolution how many believe that today amen and that's what this message is all about but let me go over a couple of quick things that we've been saying week after week after week in the pursuit series first of all we talked about the fact that our pursuits determine our perceptions Our pursuits determine our perceptions. In other words, when you seek God, and this is demonstrated in all of David's life, when a person is a God seeker because we seek him, when we walk out of that time of being with him, we see things differently. We perceive things differently. We see the kingdom of God and we perceive the presence of God. We have a sense of the working of the Holy Spirit and we have a hope. We have all of these things when we see God that other people just don't see. Other people just don't get it. We see God, we go after God, and we walk with a different sense. And this is the way David was. For example, the famous story of Goliath. They were all afraid. Of the, of the circumstance of the giant, but because David was looking at God, my wife was just talking about this. How many know when we worship God, we see how great and mighty and powerful he is? And how many know then giants are turned into grasshoppers? Why? Because our pursuits determine our perceptions. It's interesting, while Chrissy and I were away getting uh, some rest, I did a bunch of reading And um, I was actually reading about a philosopher, Seneca. He was a first century, um, uh, really kind of like New Testament time uh, um, philosopher, was a tutor to many um, of the wealthy kind of people of that time. And here's what the writer said. This, This is tangential to, you know, Seneca. But look at what he said actually about Emperor Augustus. I thought that this was a very powerful quote. He said, Augustus, uh, Augustus's unprophetic mind sent no searchlight into the future, 
neither did his eyes behold the star in the east. Okay, now look, this is, think about this. Here's what he was saying. He was saying that Jesus was born during the time, actually when Augustus died, Jesus was probably around 17 years old. But when Jesus was born, there was a great ruckus in Jerusalem. Herod got so stressed out by his coming, wise men came from the east. All of this stuff was happening, and Herod was so disturbed by the coming of the king that he actually killed hundreds, or we don't know how many hundreds or, or thousands of little babies from two on down or for three on down. They were slain because he was trying to eradicate, he was trying to wipe out the Messiah, the coming king. And history reveals that Augustus, who was a Above Herod, he had no clue. And so here's what this kind of historian philosopher said. He said, his unprophetic mind sent no searchlight into the future. Okay? Neither did his eyes behold the star in the east. Now this is important because we're living in a world and in a day that is so carnal and so only after what we can taste and touch and see and what we want here and now. But how many know people who have a heart after God, we have a prophetic mind. We're thinking about things that this world is not thinking about. We're searching into the future. How many can't wait for Jesus to come back? How many know there is a second coming and he's coming back? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so David was one of those men that he had a prophetic mind. He did look to the future. When someone is a God seeker, they see things differently. In other words, they look at what's happening today, but they have a sense that good things are coming tomorrow. How many go, good things are coming for those that will seek the face of God? That's what a prophetic mind does. A prophetic mind says, wait a second. I know it might be tough today, but I know that good things are coming. A prophetic mind searches and says, look, this might be difficult, but I know in my heart that I can be at rest because God does have the solution and the resolution in your life. If you just seek God, how many know he will bring the resolution? How many know he has the power and the glory and the ability to bring about the answers? The, the, the God seeker has a prophetic mind. You see, think about people. See, when you walk out of here for the rest of your life, I pray that you would always pray, God, give me a prophetic mind. Help me to be here and have, I, want, I have my feet on the ground, but Lord, let my heart and mind be on heaven. That's what happens when a person is a God seeker. There's a hope, you know, and it, there's a powerful ability that is given to us for us to hold on and to hang on. So yesterday, I had a breakfast with my nephew. He's in town, and um, he's uh, on his way to California. He's, he's um, going to be finishing his last year of school online, and he's going into the ministry. He's going to be working at a Teen Challenge in the L.A. area. And we were talking, and he said something to me that was so powerful. I, you know, I want to I make sure I get this right, but we were talking about, he calls him Papa, his grandfather, my pastor, Chrissy's dad. And Pastor Simla gave him spiritual advice that I, I think we should all receive. Here's what he said. He said, Luke, the one thing God desires is our attention, and then he does the rest. All God wants is your attention. 
How many know if we just give him our attention? How many know he's able to do all of the rest? How many would say amen? And so our pursuits determine our perceptions. The person who sees God sees things differently. Here's another kind of thing before we read very quickly and, and get into the points. Another thing that we get from, uh, from the life of David is that you see, and this kind of manifests itself in, a, in the New Testament sense, is that pursuing God has a fundamental promise attached to it, and that fundamental promise is that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of them that diligently, every, everyone say diligently. Diligent, diligently means constant, just seeking God, seeking God in the good times, seeking God in the bad times, seeking God in the hard times, seeking God in the easy times, seeking God all the time. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So not only do we see things differently, but this is what gives us that prophetic mind is that we know that if we seek him, how many know whoever asks will get the answer? Whoever seeks will find. Whoever knocks, he said the door will be open. How many believe that today, that God answers prayer? He answers, he answers the seeking life. And you know if you're young today, and by young, you know, I'm 52 now, so it just puts me in a different. I was just telling them, Pastor Matt was the one who told me years ago, he's the first one who, who made me realize we were talking and he said, oh yeah, he's like you, he's middle-aged. <laughs> that was the first time I had a revelation of the fact that I was middle-aged. You know, I remember, I was like, oh snap, <laughs> you know, that's right. And, uh, um, but let me tell you something, because because there's time involved in life, okay? So the older you get, the more you see that if you seek God over time, he brings the blessing, he brings the victory, he releases the power. <laughs> he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the title of today's message is David Pursued God and experienced transformation. Everyone say transformation. Transformation is the reward of seeking God. Transformation is the reward uh, that, that God, uh, that, that, is, that comes about when we seek the face of God. And I want to jump into the text, 2 Samuel chapter 1, little background this is the chapter where Saul has now died, okay? Now, there's two, there's two accounts. This count is actually erroneous. It's, it's, uh, the guy is actually trying to curry David's favor. This is not exactly how Saul died, but the guy's trying to get in good with David. It didn't turn out good for the guy, but it doesn't matter. The point is, is that now, after running and after so many opportunities of uh, of David had to actually kill Saul, but he never killed Saul. Saul was trying to kill him, and David was running from cave to cave and from uh, city and town, and he went through so many things, even though he didn't deserve it. The point came when all of a sudden Saul is off the scene, and I want to read this very quickly here. Second Samuel chapter 1. There's so much here. Uh, um, but we need to condense it for the sake of time. 
it says, then David said to the young man who brought him the report. So Saul dies, David wasn't even there. Very important, David wasn't even there. Okay, uh, then David said to the young man who brought the report to him, how do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? And he said, I happen to be on Mount Gilboa, the young man said, and there was Saul leaning on his spear with chariots and their drivers in hot uh, pursuit. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me and said, and I said, what can I do? He asked me, who are you? <clears throat> and Amalekite, I answered. Then he said to me, stand here by me and kill me. Now this is a lie. He said this to his, Saul said this to his servant and Saul fell on his own sword. And he said, I'm in the throes of death, but I'm still alive. So I stood beside him and killed him because I knew that after he had fallen, he could not survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and have brought them here to my Lord. Then David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the army of the Lord and for the nation of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. Now I'm going to read a little bit more in a moment, but for the sake of the first part of this message, we're going to stop here. And here's what I want to pray, okay? I want to pray that God would give us the grace to keep seeking him. Everyone say, keep seeking him. Because when we seek him, he brings the resolution through powerful transformation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Breathe, Lord, on the next few moments. Lord, we want new wine. So breathe on the next few moments, oh God. Have your way. Give me grace today, Lord, to speak. Help my feeble lips. And, uh, Lord, and impact every heart and life. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. amen and amen. So here's what we're going to do. Now we're going to actually look at what happens. David pursues God and he experiences transformation. When we pursue God... There's transformation that comes in, and we're going to get right into this. First of all, when we, we pursue God, he transforms our problems, okay? And when you pursue God, he transforms your problems. We serve a God who intervenes and deals with our issues. How many would say amen? amen. And I want you to notice Saul was chasing after him in jealousy. David never did anything wrong. But look, and I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and have brought them here to my Lord without lifting one finger. David never lifted one finger against Saul. Ultimately, God addressed it. Saul reaped what he was sowing. God allowed Saul to be dealt with. David wasn't tainted. David wasn't soiled. In a way, here, David, the guy who was supposed to be king, the guy who God prophesied years earlier, you will be king. All of a sudden, the crown is laid right at his feet, and he didn't have to lift one finger. I'm here to tell tell you that when you seek God, he will do things and take care of things, and you won't have to lift one finger. Hallelujah! Not one finger! He'll take care of it! That's what's so powerful about the life of David. 
David understood that seeking God brings resolution. God is a God who intervenes in our problems. You know, one of my kids once was in class, and uh, I believe it was Annie, she was in class. A lot of people have strange theology. And actually, this was a Christian school, and the teacher said to one of the kids, oh, don't pray about that. God is busy running the world. And Annie got up and said something like, God might be busy running the world, but he's not too busy to answer any prayer that we pray. How many know when you seek him, you will find him? His ear is open to our cry. His ear is open to our cry. And so instead of trying to solve everything, David is a classic example of the one who knew, I'm not supposed to solve that, but how many know God can solve it? You know, one of my favorite characters in the Second World War is General Patton. Um, if you saw the movie on his life, he was such a, he was such a colorful character, such a unique guy. Um, he was not a Christian. He had a kind of warped theology. He thought he was like an old Roman king, a warrior. But he was a really funny, uh, unique guy. And at a certain point, listen to this. Put up this slide. So during the Battle of the Bulge, the American troops were encircled and trapped by German forces. This is just to know that this happens in the here and the now. Okay, so Patton summoned Third Army Chaplain uh, Colonel James O'Neill and told him to draft a prayer that would break the weather and allow the troops to attack. And so there was a, an exchange, we don't have time, it was an interesting exchange. Uh, um, but nonetheless, a card with the prayer went out to 250,000 troops. Listen to this. Almighty, this is the prayer that was sent to 250,000 people. Almighty and most merciful Father, we humbly beseech thee of thy great goodness to restrain this immoderate, uh, these immoderate rains with which we've had to contend. Grant us fair weather for battle. Graciously hearken to us as soldiers who call upon thee that are armed with thy power we may advance from victory to victory and crush the oppression and wickedness of our enemies and establish thy justice among men and nations. Amen. So they gave it out. And I don't know who exactly prayed the prayer, but I'm telling you, out of that 250,000, there were lots of unbelievers. But it doesn't matter how many unbelievers are. What matters is how many God-seekers they are. And some of them started to pray. The next day, the weather cleared, remained perfect for six days, and the army came out victorious in big ways, in small ways, when we call upon the name of the Lord, he answers. And we don't have the time to talk about how history has been impacted by a few people that prayed. Even our own history, even American history, we don't have the time for all of that. But I'm here to tell you that God answers prayer. When we pray, we win. And David understood that. David had understood that for 400 years, the, 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 the uh, Israelites were slaves. But then the Bible records that God goes to Moses and says, I've heard the cries of my people. And so I'm sending you. And then the Passover, the Passover night came. David knew, Lord, if you broke the back of Pharaoh, you can deal with Saul. 
And how many know if he broke the back of Pharaoh and if he dealt with Saul and if he dealt with the Amalekites and if he dealt with the Canaanites and if he dealt with all of the enemies of Israel over the years, how many know God can still deal with our enemies and he can still address our problems? How many would say amen? Listen, not only that, not only that, but when we seek God and pray, it doesn't matter. We can pray for people who are stubborn and hard-hearted. And over time, if you're a parent here and you're praying for your children, pray, 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 pray. I tell parents, when we pray, we win. We have a brother. He's actually in the service today. And uh, um, it's quite a story. Quite a story. We have a brother here who uh, grew up in Chicago. And when he was... Uh, um, when he was 10 years old, his father, I believe, was uh, shot and killed. His father was a gangster, or his father died. And um, his father and his mother were both really high up in, in the most notorious gang of Chicago. And so, um, so this is what he, caught, you know, he grew up seeing. And actually, when he was 11 years old, uh, after his father died, that's when he participated in his first major act of crime, 11 years old. Now, behind the scenes, there was a praying grandmother. Okay, so here you have a father and a mother that are, are pursuing a life. But behind them, there was a grandmother who was praying. Let me tell you who's more powerful. <laughs> Hallelujah. So listen, the grandmother drags him away somehow to Puerto Rico and gets him to church at 14 years old. He gives his life to Jesus. Okay? But then he comes back, and then he comes back. There's no Christians around him. They're not taking him to church. So by the time he's 16, he's arrested for major crimes. And then as the story goes, he rises through the ranks, gets out. They never convicted him, but as he rises through the ranks, he gets out. He actually becomes the president of one of the most notorious gangs that this city has ever known. Okay? And he's, he's running and commanding uh, all of these people. But remember, behind the scenes, there was a praying grandmother. So here's how the story goes. This flows right into my, my next point. But the way the story goes is that at a certain point, he was running this kind of empire that had all sorts of criminal activity, and he made a decision, and he lost virtually everything. And when he lost everything, a deal came around, and the deal was basically to gain back everything, but at a huge risks. And so when he was about to do this deal, okay, um, as he was about to do the deal, uh, the Lord sends him an angel, literally an angel, appeared to him and spoke to him and said, don't do that, and gave him a vision. And he saw his children crying, and he saw his family destroyed because he was in jail and all this kind of stuff. The Lord showed him, talk about a prophetic mind. The Lord showed him all the horrible things that were going to happen. And so, uh, but the, the Lord spoke to him and said, if you follow me, I'll bless you. Everything you touch, I'll bless Okay, and so here's how it goes. The way it goes is that the time came to do the deal, and he just said, I'm out. I'm not doing it. And guys went, and they did the deal, and it was a, it was a, a, a sting, and the feds came and busted everybody. They all went to prison. But then God began to open doors for him, for work, 
for honest work. And he started to work hard. He was a smart man and he did this and he did this and God be, you know, made him a, a, a businessman. But that was the beginning of amazing change. And look, I want to pause in the story right now. But I want to point out to you, you know, his grandmother's gone home to be with the Lord now. But how many know when we pray, it is a powerful thing when we call upon the name of the Lord. When you pursue God, he transforms your problems. When you pursue God, he transforms your problems. Seek first. Seek the kingdom first. Amen? Amen. Now, I wanna, I'm like, I'm pausing the story. We're going to keep going here. So here's the second thing that happens when we pursue God. When we pursue God, God he transforms the people around you. When we pursue God, he transforms the people around you. When you pursue God. Look, so here's, this is probably the biggest thing. There's so many things in the Bible that we read and we don't get it, but we need to get it. You got to pay attention when you read the Bible. So I want you to notice what happens. So then David, they heard that Saul died, and it says, then David and all the men with him. So David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son, Jonathan, and for the army of the Lord and for the nation of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. So here's what David's life did. He was such a powerful God seeker. You see? That while he was in the cave and he could have killed Saul and all of his men, these guys were warriors. These guys were gangsters. These guys were killers. And they would say, God gave him to you. Kill him right now. He said, I won't touch the Lord's anointed. I was seeking the Lord. God told me I don't need to touch him. God told me he'll take care of it. I'm not going to touch that thing. And they're watching David. And time after time, three times he could have killed Saul, but he wouldn't touch him. He honored him. And because David was seeking God and he was saying to his guys, guys, there's a kingdom that's bigger than Saul's kingdom. Okay, God is doing things that is way bigger than, than just this man. You guys need to open up your heart to God's kingdom. And they're watching David and watching David. And then these hardcore murderers all of a sudden are weeping over the kingdom of God because one man stood as an example of what it means to be a real God seeker. How many know when we seek God, there's something that flows from our life to other people and they get changed, they get convicted, they get transformed because they know that we're God seekers. And let me tell you something in the end, brothers and sisters, in the end, that's what's going to matter the most. It's the people that we influenced and the people that we impacted. If they could send one of the musicians, the keyboard player. When you, in the end, look, in the end, you've got a problem with your checkbook today. In, you've got a problem with your health. You've got a problem in your marriage. You've got a problem here. You've got a problem. Problems come and go. And when we get to heaven, there'll be no more problems. But I'm telling you right now, in the end, he will reward every God seeker. And what will really matter are the people that you impacted. What will really matter is the people that you influenced. And you don't want to go into the kingdom of heaven. You don't want to go into, into the throne room of God and say, I amassed all of this money and all of this success and I influence none. How many want to be God seekers? Make us God seekers, Lord. 
All of history talks about this. Let's pick up the story very quickly. So, this is so powerful. So let's pick up the story very quickly. So today, that brother's part of our church. Okay? And God has given him a business. He's a successful businessman. Okay? And so the, 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 the Lord, because he was seeking God, the Lord was blessing him here, blessing him there. And he had a praying grandmother. And by the way, another one of the men of God in our church, okay, who serves here, who's in this room, brother. His name is Brother Carlos. Brother Carlos used to live a bit of a, a not a bit, a crazy life too. And was friends with his father. And then Brother Carlos gave his heart to the Lord. And then Brother Carlos, when he would come in town, he told me he would go to him and, and he would talk to him about the Lord and encourage him to go to church. You see? And he would encourage him and encourage him. And then the day come when the mixture of the powerful impact and influence of the people of God. Think about what's going on in our city, brothers and sisters. We gotta be a light. We gotta be an influence. We've gotta be the solution. You will not be the solution if you're not seeking God. Okay, this is not by might nor by power. This is not about programs or politics or money. This is that the people of God got to get in the presence of God and get the anointing of God to have conversations that change people. That's what we need going on. So listen, today, today in our church, I don't know how many there are, 20 of his soldiers men of God serving God right here maybe today listen maybe today somebody in a shuttle bus drove you and he used to be that kind of soldier he used to be one of those types of soldiers but now that same guy who was engaged in all kinds of crime and all kinds of mayhem in this city that guy right now if you say pray for me he can weep over your life and he can call upon the Lord he's full of the word of the Lord because of one man listen because of the people that influenced him okay 20 30 40 soldiers okay when I speak to the mayor I've spoken to the mayor said hey hey listen here's what you need this guy is so committed to the Lord that he has an on-site in his business chaplain and he every and I, for, I forget when they have devotions but at his job if they want to come and have devotions and get the word of God week after week after week if they need counseling they need encouragement all of these guys getting out of prison they come and they find him you know why because he is a God seeker how many would praise God with me Hallelujah. Powerful things happen if we just become God seekers. Powerful, powerful things happen. I think about, about the state of this city. You know, there was a, I'll wrap this up in one minute. There was a, a couple weeks ago, there was a minister West side, south side, I don't know exactly where. And he was like railing against the city. I'm not criticizing him, but I'm talking to you as your pastor because I'm supposed to help you see what the word of God really teaches. Okay? So there's a minister and he's railing, protest, 
protesting against the government and all that. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for that. I believe that Dr. King was right when he led the civil rights protests and all that, of course. But the truth of the matter is that sometimes when, when churches protest against the government, I feel embarrassed as a pastor. I feel embarrassed because I feel like we're supposed to be the answer. I don't think Mayor Emanuel is supposed to be the answer. I believe that the kingdom of God and the body of Christ is supposed to be the answer here in this city. I'm not saying that they don't have their role to play. I'm not saying education doesn't have a role to play. But I'm telling you right now, the, the powers that we are dealing with in this city right now will not be conquered by earthly measures. We need that kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we need. And what that means is we got to be God seekers. And if we'll just seek God, people around us will get transformed. If we'll just seek God, people around us will start to change. All we have to do is seek God. Oh Lord, make us men and women after your own heart. I don't have the time, but I, can I tell you real quickly in our studies for this. Von Steuben High School, the name Von Steuben was a a general in the Revolutionary War. And like into the third year of the Revolutionary War, things were all messed up. And he came in and he was such a powerful, influential leader that he trained the guys and that was the turning point. It was behind the scenes. But that guy's influence was the turning point. He would go on to be kind of one of the key architects of actually West Point Academy, the military training academy. Uh, he wrote many, many, uh, um, uh, documents that help to shape how our uh, officers are trained. An influential person is a powerful weapon in the hands of God. But you can't really be influential in a kingdom sense unless you spend time with the king. Lord, make us God seekers. Then lastly, very quickly, when you seek God, when we seek God, okay, when we pursue him, he transforms our position. So look, 2 Samuel chapter 2, I, I withheld from reading this, okay? But 2 Samuel chapter 2, now, it says, in the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? Still seeking God. The Lord said, go up. David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives, uh, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David also took the men who were with him, each with his family. They settled in Hebron and his town. And look, the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the tribe of Judah. And you know what happened? God removed the problem. God transformed his men, and then the promotion came. God prophesied, I believe it was 13 years before, that he would be king. And you know what? Through the hard times, through the difficult times, he held on to the word of God over all of the hardships and difficulties. He just kept seeking God. He just kept seeking God. 
And then without David doing anything, the, the crown is brought to his feet, and now the men are anointed him king. And he not only was king over this tribe, he, he would become king over all of the tribes. He was so honored by God just by being a God seeker that the Bible says that the throne of Christ, the, 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 the throne of Jesus is called the throne of David. So look, you might be here today and you're saying, I want this for, I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that. And it doesn't mean work hard, of course. Uh, 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 be diligent uh, about your labor, of course. That's a reflection of spending time with God. Be a good steward, but always know that promotion doesn't come from the north or the south or the east or the west. Look at what the Bible says. For promotion comes neither from the east nor the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts one down and sets up another. How many know in due time he will lift you up if you're a God seeker? How many would say amen? He will lift us up. He will provide. He will promote. But we have to be God seekers. We have to understand the riches, the beauty, the blessing that's available. You might be here today and, and, and it's like, see, here's what's awesome about seeking God. Every day that you seek God, you have no idea if you're just one prayer away. Today could be the day that you pray the last prayer about that situation. And the victory comes. Today might be the day that you sought the Lord and sought the Lord. And all of a sudden, that supernatural breakthrough comes. All that happens for those who seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So here's what I want to pray. I want to pray twofold. Number one, my prayer is that no one would leave this building without saying, God, above all things. Lord, as we start this, to, the year really starts in September, as we, as we go into the fall, as we settle back in, Lord. God, change my life and make me a God seeker like never before. How many would put your hand on your heart with me and say, God, make me a God seeker? Do it by your mighty power. We finish by singing, I surrender. Why don't, you, why don't you play that, I surrender? The second thing is, is for maybe you're here today and the pressure is on. Close your eyes. The pressure's on to do something. The pressure is on to take matters into your own hands. The pressure is on. The pressure is on. You don't know how this thing is going to be resolved. You walked in the building today and the pressure is on. And you have a choice. You have a choice to say, God, I'm gonna seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Or you have a say, I'm gonna take this matter into my own hands. If that's you here today, I want to encourage you. I want to implore you. Say, I will lay down my arms. I will lay down my weapons. I will lay down my ingenuity. I will lay down my, my, my intelligence. I'll lay it all down. And I'm gonna look to the one who is smarter than me, stronger than me, more powerful than I am. I'm just gonna seek him today. We don't have a lot of time, but if you're here, 
and the pressure's on, stand up right now because we'll pray for you in the end. But if you're here, you're like, I need God to come through and I wanna, I wanna make God the source of the solution. I want God to be the source of my answer. Hallelujah. I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to follow the example of David. Maybe there's some people around you that need to be transformed or people that you're praying for. Seek the face of God. They noticed that those unschooled fishermen had spent time with Jesus. He's a reward of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. If you're on your feet, I want you to lift your hands with me. Hallelujah. But everyone in the building, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I surrender. I surrender.
hallelujah. I want you to declare to the Lord right now. I depend on you to bring transformation to my problems and to and to the people around me and and i i declare god that i'm i'm trusting you father god to bring transformation into my life i want you to say god you're the lord of resolution in my life come on begin to pray right now we put our trust in you lord god we seek your face today lord god we seek your face because we know the real power the real victory lies with you oh god Real transformation lies with you. Hallelujah. Big and small. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Now as we go from this place, take the hand of someone next to you. And I want you to pray for a release of the transforming grace and power of God. Come on, that's how we're going to close this meeting. You don't need the details. God knows it's all of the details. Come on, pray for transformation, God. God, we pray for a release of transformation into the body of Christ, oh God. God, we pray for victory, God. We pray that children would come home to Jesus, oh God. We pray, oh God, that those that are living, oh God, wild lives would begin to live righteous lives because you send your transforming power, oh God. Hallelujah. Bring the breakthrough, God. Bring resolution to problems of every type, physical, emotional, spiritual, oh God. God, bring the resolution, oh God. Bring transformation. Release transformation, oh God. Let people go home and experience the explosive power of Jesus in their lives, oh God. children, hearts, minds. We seek you, God. We seek you. We seek you for transformation, oh God. We won't stop seeking you until we see the answer. And Lord, before we go from this place, we pray for the church of Jesus Christ in Chicago. We ask that the answers to the problems of this city would be released through the people of God, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done, we pray. Do it by your mighty power. Speak the word and let answers release. We pray that change would begin right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you. God, let us go from this place rejoicing, trusting, resting in you, knowing that you will bring about every transformation that we need in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, come on, let's give him one hand of praise before we go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Go home and, and meet people and be a blessing and pray. Praise God for transformation in your life because transformation